continuing for the moment to speak a little bit from the uh, writings of the disciples of Srila Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And uh, I have been speaking the last few days on this topic. I spoke uh, about uh, the book of Sadhananda Goswami, uh, Sadhananda Swami, sorry, Sadhananda Swami, uh, that was uh what's it called again krishna chaitanya uh mm -hmm. yeah i have to check it and then uh, we get uh, the book from nisikant sanya krishna chaitanya and today i wanted to talk a little bit about a book of sundar ananda vijavinot who uh, wrote a book called Sri Ksetra Vaikuntha Honorus. The Divine Mystery, History, Rituals, Places, Sri Chaitanya and His Devotees. So basically describing Puri and Lord Chaitanya in Puri and Orissa. Mm. So uh, it is Harisori Prabhu who uh, who started in June of 2009, the Bhaktivedanta uh, Research Institute. And the Bhaktivedanta Research Institute is a, uh, is a library in Calcutta, which uh, contains some 20,000 uh, manuscripts. Hi, sorry. Has, has now retired because of health issues. Uh, Pranav Das is the correct, uh, the, the co-director, and there were others, Venu Gopal Das and, and so on, who are now part of the uh, managing board. And um, let me just tell you a little more about this library, which was a collection of Sundarananda Vijayavinod. Um, the BRC's library has saved an and preserved many important and rare works by Vaishnavacharya that were rotten and could have been lost forever. These include the last will of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, uh, written 16 hours before his departure, the only known copy of Saravati, Saraswati's personal diary, and the never published Rasa uh, Rasodhaya by Srila Bhakti Vinod Thakur. There are also handwritten manuscripts of Jayadev's Gita Govinda, Raghunadas Goswami's Mukta Charita, and Gopal Guru's Vajinapadati, as well as co a complete copy of Chaitanya Charitamrita from 1760. Besides these, the BRC also has many manuscripts by Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, and Gopal Bhatta Goswami, as well as all the major Puranas and Vedas. Most recently, the research center acquired the government work records of Bhaktivinoda Thakur from 1866 to 1892, and staff has just completed 
the deacidification and lamination of Svalikita Jivani, the handwritten autobiography of the Thakur, a 200-page songbook handwritten by him, and 40,000 pages of Nadia Pekar's the daily newspaper published by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta uh, Saraswati. Uh, according to Harisori, the future is bright with many existing plans in the pipeline. Currently, the BRC is operating with a project run by the Oxford Center for Hindu Studies. Needless to say, the BRC depends on the generosity and support of our donors, he points out. Many of you have generally contributed to our membership program. My sincere request is that you continue to do so with full enthusiasm. Please visit the Bhaktivedanta Research Center online at uh, brcindia.com. All right, so it is a library. It's, it started with the works of Sundarananda Vijayvinod, and obviously many other manuscripts have been added. And it sounds like, or not only sounds like, it is a, a significant, uh, a significant part of claiming our own history. Um, when we are studying our own history in an academic way, then we become the academic proprietors of our own history. Uh, then we become the experts in the field. And then we can actually present the proper, uh, the proper, uh, the proper facts and in the context of the actual Gaudiya Vaishnav Siddhanta. So this is going on. Many devotee scholars are coming forward and are claiming the uh, claiming our history. Um, previously, scholarly, scholarly work was also done by the disciples of Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, who were both establishing our, uh, our, the teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu according to the uh, proper conclusions of Sila Bhakti Siddhanta, as well as who were trying to uncover the history of uh, and context of that history. So when we go to the book that I wanted to discuss today, the book of uh, Sundar Nandavija Vinod, uh, Sri Ksetra, um, that book is, uh, it is published by Touchstone Publications. And the main title is Sri Ksetra and Vaikuntha on Earth. Mm -hmm. mm. So the book is, is, yes, besides forward and introduction, which I will uh, not discuss so much now. It, uh, it is divided into various portions that are, or, or chapters that are uh, Sri Ksetra part one, and then it has, is divided up in Vaibhavs. First, Vaibhav, the opulence of Sri Ksetra and the glories of its name. Second, Vaibhav, Sri Nila Madhava. Third, Vaibhav, Sri Daru Brahman. So these are, are some of the, uh, the, the history from the Skanda Purana and the story of Indra Maharaj discovering the, uh, the temple and, and uh, establishing the temple and, and, and all these things. Then in the fourth Vaibhav, it goes to 
uh, a more recent time and describes the royal servants of Sri Jagannath. And of course, um, really since the time of Maharaj Prataparuda, uh, Maharaj, a little bit before, uh, Maharaj Prataparuda was the ruler at the time of uh, of uh, of uh, <clears throat> uh, of the presence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, we can have a quick look. Uh, let's see. Oh. Oh, the royal servants. So, um, one book mm, that is uh, is uh, one record that is kept in the uh, in the temple of Lord Jagannath is the Madla Panji or Madla Panjika, and the Madla Panjika is is basically uh, a, a historical uh, record of uh, of the temple of and the affairs of the temple of Lord Jagannath, and it describes how different kings were making. Uh, contributions of land and, and donations of gold and uh, the property holdings of the temple and uh, and other affairs relating to the administration of the temple. Mm. Uh, so in this way, uh, in the fifth Vaibhav, we are looking at description of, of the temple itself. Uh, it gives us uh, some people say, so it's the fifth Vaibhav, the temple and the deity. Some people say that since the original temple of Sri Jagannadev was built by King Indrajumna, uh, became old in due course of time, that King Chodanga, since King Chodaganga Dev, uh, 1078 AD of the Ganga dynasty, uh, decided to construct a new temple upon the ruins of the old temple. Perhaps he may have built a portion of the temple, but it was King Ananga Bhima who actually completed it. Many have confirmed that the temple of Sri Jagannath Dev was completed by Sri Ananga Bhima between 1189 and uh, 1223. Um, so we were, oh, sorry, I did something wrong. Yep. So we are reading from the fifth Vaibhav, uh, the temple and the deities. Um, yes, it's it's a it gives a whole description of the temple, uh, um, how um, and how gradually the temple 
was expanded and different kings added something. Uh, for example, here it says, the Bogamandap was built during the rule of Sri Purusuttam Dev from 1470 to 1497 AD. Um, some people said that the Natya Mandir, the predecessor of Mahaj some people said that the Natya Mandir or the temple hall was constructed during the time of Prataparudadev, who ruled from 1497 to 1541, uh, or by his successor, King Kovinda Vijadaradev. Previously, the boga used to be cooked in a room adjacent to the temple, but it was too small for cooking huge quantities and various varieties of foodstuff, and because the smoke from the kitchen would permit the temple and the present-day kitchen to be constructed, connected to the temple through a covered roach. So like this, uh, more and more improvements were being made. Um, um, so then there is the... Uh, next to Sri Jagmohan is Mukashala. From this place, the general mass of people see moon-like face of Sri Jagannath, but the Gaudiya's devotees, whose life and soul is Sri Gora, do not aspire to see the lotus-eyed Lord by transgressing Sri Gora Sundar. As Sri Gora Sundar stood behind Sri Vishnu's associate Sri Garuda and desired to see Sri Vishnu under subordination of the devotees of Sri Vishnu, in the same way the Gaudiya devotees, always following the footsteps of Sri Gora, stand behind his lotus feet, being overwhelmed by the remembrance of his subordinate desire to see Jagannath Dev. Um, Yes, then a little later we read that uh, there was, uh, um, that there's an imprint of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's padas, of his lotus feet there. And uh, Sundarananda Vinod mentions that um, there's a prayer of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, uh, a written prayer where Srila Bhakti Siddhanta is praying to those lotus feet and then takes the inspiration to uh, to to uh, install imprints of these lotus feet everywhere. And that we know that Srila Bhaktisiddhanta um, established these lotus feet in various places in South India along the route of the uh, of that, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went when he traveled through South India and that also he installed the uh, the, the lotus feet in Kanayanathashala, which is a place where uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went when he was trying to meet Rupa and Sanatan uh, on the way to Vrindavan. Um, next to Sri Mukashala is Baladeyoda, or the main deity room. In this room, Sri Jagannath, Sri Balaram, Sri Baladevi, and Sri Sudarshan Chakra are situated on the divine altar. Sri Jagannath is standing facing east on, on the north. Sri Balaram is on the south, and in between them is Subhadra Devi. Sri Sanatana Goswami has glorified Sri Jagannath Dev as Subhadra Lanya Vyagra, or very eager to protect Subhadra. In the Skanda Purana, Utkal Kanda, it is stated as follows. Uh, Tayor Madhya Sitam Lakshmin Subhadram Badarupinam Sarva Devaranim Papa Sagutra Karinim Vika Chamba Vadanam Barabja Bhaya Darinam 
Kum kum maruna deham tam saksa laksmim iva param. The auspicious Sri Subhadadev, who is situated in between Sri Krishna and Sri Baladev, is the form of Lakshmi, is the fountainhead of all the demigods, is the deliverer from the ocean of sin, is lotus-faced, is holding a lotus and giving fearlessness, is having a reddish complexion like kumkum, and is, is seen as non-different from the goddess of fortune. Although in the Puranas, Sri Subhadadevi is described as Sri Jagannath's sister, she's just like his energy. In the Utkalakanda, it is stated, Lakshmi Padur Vavu Yam Sarva Chitanya Rupani Yam Krishnava Tare Iruini Gava Sambhava. It's very long, the Sanskrit, so I'll, I'll start reading the English. She, Sri Subhadra Devi, is none other than the old cognizant Lakshmi appeared in a different form. It was her who appeared from the womb of Rohini during Krishna's advent in Braja. Because she is absorbed in the thought of Sri Balabhadra, she has assumed the form similar to him. She never leaves Sri Jagannath, who appeared at Nilachala even for a short time. O oh, Brahmanas, there is no difference between Sri Krishna and Sri Balaram. Since, he was born, since she was born from the same womb as that of Balaram, she is known as Balaram's sister. This is the history of the of the Puranas. Mm. So now we're seeing that uh, it is interesting how she, uh, we know that she is described as the sister of Krishna and Balaram. And then here from the, uh, uh, from the Utkal Kanda, um, we find uh, that is the Skanda Purana, Skanda Purana Utkal we find this interesting point that she is appeared from the womb of Rohini. Mm. So since she was born from the same womb as that of Balaram, she's known as Balaram's sister. This is the history of the Puranas. See, Lakshmi Devi resides everywhere in both male and female forms. In male form, she's Lord Vishnu, and in female form, she's Lakshmi Devi. She resides in the hearts of the demigods, human beings, and other living entities as the indwelling super soul, who other than the lotus eyed can hold the 14 worlds on the tip of his hood. He's known as Bala, or powerful, and is known different from Siyanantadev. She Subhadra is his energy, his sister, and the bestowal of opulence. Sudarshan Chakra is always present in the hand of the Supreme Lord Vishnu. So, a little bit more in the Niladri Mahodaya, the following statement is found. Bhaktanama Vanayeva Tatraba Drapi Badrada Adolambita Hastabja Kun Kumaba Subhanana. The beautiful looking reddish complexion, Sri Duba, Sri Subhadra's lotus hands stretched downwards. Although she's the personification of auspiciousness, she bestows auspiciousness to the devotees. Mm. So in this way we are getting uh, we're getting information, more information about uh, about Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev and Subhadra. And uh, so the book is, is of importance. Uh, uh, see
and uh, yeah, I'll I'll go now for a moment back to the uh, to the table of contents. And uh, it gives descriptions about the temples and the deities. Um, there's lots of deities in the temple of Jagannath. Many, many deities, many kings. It's a very large temple. And uh, inside there are many, many altars with many deities. And many, uh, we can hear a little bit more. Um, okay, this is about hold on. Oh, does hear something about uh the uh, Buddhist influence in, uh, it is said, as Buddhism began to flourish in India, the holy places of the Aryans started converting into Buddhist monasteries. What to speak of this? Even almost all the symptoms of Vedic religious religion began to be extinct. The rule of the Buddhists extended into the kingdom of Utkal as well. As a result of that, for a long time, the glories of Lord Vishnu appeared in a wooden form, and Sanatana Dharma remained non-manifested in the world. With a desire to pollute the holy places and the predominating lord of the holy places of the Aryans, the Buddhists might have established Dantapit, or tooth, and might have addressed the deities of Sri Jagannath, Sri Baladeva, and Sri Subhadeva as Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Uh, what to speak of this? Imitating the Aryan culture, the Buddhists might even have held a Ratiyatra festival of the three deities, just like Sri Jagannath Day's Ratiyatra. Um, so, during the fifth century, the famous Chinese traveler, uh, Fa Hen, visited Pura Sotomakshet and happily wrote that Buddhism was prevalent at that place without any pollution, and there was no tyranny of the Brahmanas evident. From this it is understood that because the powerful Buddhists of that time captured the holy place of the Brahmanas, they were always afraid of being driven out from that place. Even today, it is seen that because some particular Sampradayas counted the deity of Sri Gopal, uh, who, had, who had been revealed uh, by Sri Madhavinda Puripad, and who was worshipable lord of the Gaudiya, Vaishnavas, as their own property, they're afraid of the Gaudiyas. Therefore, it is evident that Sanatan Vedic religion of Vaishnav Dharma, of the Brahmanas, was present, was prevalent before the spread of Buddhism. Uh, in the seventh century, Acharya Shankar established a mat called Bhogavardhan or Govardhan near the temple of Sri Jagannath Dev. During the seventh century, another Chinese traveler, Wen Tsang, wrote after visiting Purasatam, at that time, the tooth of Buddha was taken to Simhala and that holy place became completely polluted by the Brahmanas. Mm. So, uh, in this way, we can appreciate that uh, there has been uh, 
significant Buddhist in influence uh, present in uh, in Odisha, and of course also in Bengal and and throughout India, and uh, Sankarcharya's role in driving out uh, Buddhism uh, has been uh, very very significant, very significant. Um, the other day, I, uh, I came across a mention that uh, Virabhadra, the uh, the son of Lord Nichananda. So now we're going uh, going into the a bit bit later in time. Uh, that the uh, the son of uh, of of uh, Nichananda Virabhadra uh, converted a whole group of Buddhists. I mean, a few thousand in number. To uh, to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and that that was the final death knell of uh, Buddhism in Bengal. Uh, so uh, we see some uh, some descriptions of of confrontation with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, and and Buddhists in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. I'll take it up in in the next few days. Um, now, staying with uh, Orissa and the history of Orissa, then we're seeing that Orissa is, uh, is described to be uh, quite influenced by Buddhism, a strong presence. And uh, Sundarananda Vijavinod is referring that uh, even the deities were sort of claimed as part of Buddhist culture, and that in the fifth century, uh, they were very prominent, and that even the deities might have, uh, might be known by Jagannath, name known as Buddha, uh, Baladev as Dharma, and Subhadra as Sangha. Uh, and by these names, um, it is confirmed by um, a, um, a renowned uh, historian, Prabhat Mukherjee who wrote the book, The History of Chaitanya Faith in Orissa, that at one point, the, um, the temple of, uh, of Lord Jagannath was known as, as Buddha Jagannath. So that is, is along the, the same lines. So it is interesting, some of this history, uh, what is going on. Um, we will see um, today I'm discussing this book of uh, Sundarananda Vijayavinod, Sikh Setra. Um, so I'll stick with that. Later, when I come to the book of Prabhat Mukherjee, the history of, uh, of Chaitanya faith in Orissa, um, then we'll see how even during the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this... Uh, Buddhist influence uh, was was also still uh, a factor, a factor in the in the equation, and um, many things were going on. Just just uh, uh, it is it's also mentioned that at the time of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, about fifty percent of Orissa was tribal. Um, so although the Jagannath Temple had a strong culture of Brahmanism, the state of Orissa uh, was, yes, tribal meant 
uh, not followers of, uh, of Vedic culture. Yeah. So Orissa was in that way um, a state with, uh, with quite a varied history. Uh, Sundarananda Vijayavinod is explaining that um, at the time of, uh, that of, 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 of his writing the book in, in, in the 19, uh, 1940s or so, that, uh, or 30s or 40s, whatever, I have to look it up. Um, that at that time, that at that time, um, there were about 800 temples dedicated to Lord Chaitanya all over Orissa. Uh, uh, Prabhat Mukherjee says that uh, there were even temples dedicated to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu uh, during his lifetime. Um, so in this way, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had a huge impact on uh, on on, uh, on 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 Puri and totally changed everything. Okay, um, so in the sixth vibhav, um, there was a lot more about Buddhism in the fifth vibhav in Jagannath Puri, and yeah, it's of interest. So I can recommend the book for devotees who want to. Uh, get a better historical understanding of of the context of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. Uh, when we place Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental activities in context and we're understanding a little bit what is going on there in in the state of Orissa, um, it's said that even even today there's still a strong tribal presence in Orissa and that the tribal people, they worship trees and in, in some ways uh, they perform worship there which imitates the uh, part of the rituals that are being performed at the time of the Navakalevaram uh, or the, uh, uh, the renewal of Lord Jagannath where uh, a particular tree is searched out and then there has to be a cobra and there has to be this there has to be that and then there's worship and then there's and then the proper wood is found and then the new deity of Jagannath is carved and so on and that whole that whole Navakalevaram will will discuss that uh, separately Shri um, Chaitanya Dev and his associates at Sri Purusatam Dam, sixth way above. In the beginning of the 16th century, Lord Sri Gaurasundu, who is the fountainhead of all incarnations and the deliverer of the fallen souls of Kali Yuga, placed his lotus feet on Sri Purusatam Ksetra. Accompanying him to Nilachala, where Sri Nichananda Prabhu and later Sri Advaita Thakur Siddhari Das, Sri Sarup Damodar, and his subordinate, six Goswamis as well, and as as all the Gaudiya devotees. At Sri Purusottam Ksetra, they spread the climax of the final pastimes of the oldest personality of Godhead. Kring Prataparuda sold himself eternally at the lotus feet of Sri Navdvip Chandra. 
It was Srila Rai Ramananda, the right-hand man of Prataparuda, who was the first one to have the opportunity of seeing in Sri Gaurahari the combination of Rasarat Sri Krishna and Mahabhav Swarupini Radharani, the then greatest logician and Vedantist Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya Bhattacharya Nila Chala, realized the Nila Chala Bihari Sri Gaurahari as the moving god. Engaging in his past in his sannyas pastime, Sri Gaurasundar, out of the last 24 years on earth, spent 18 years at Nilachala and taught devotional service to the living entities by demonstrating it personally. And then uh, quoting from Chaitanya Charitamrita. Mm -hmm. Even during the six years prior to that, Sri Gaurasundha frequently visited Sri Nilachala. At that time, the pious living entities had the good fortune of simultaneously seeing both the moving and non-moving gods as Gorasham, just as the big and small rivers flow and merge into the ocean. Similarly, devotees from many parts of the country came and merged in the nectarian ocean of Srinila Chala Bihari's lotus feet. Um, we've heard from the old brahmanas and royal priests of Sipur Zatam that from the time of Prataparuda, the abode, of Sri Purusatam, and especially the temple of Sri Jagannathev, were fully saturated by the sweet memories of Sri Gora. The huge courtyard surrounding the temple, situated uh, within Kurmadev, or the second wall, is still famous as Sri Chaitanya Manda, uh, or Sri Chaitanya Mandap. Even today, when the learned Brahmins of Sri Purusatam greet each other, they say, were you sitting in Sri Chaitanya Mandap? Mukti Mandap is a fixed narrow area situated adjacent to the southern gate of the temple and it's inhabited by the specified brahmanas. But the vast area around the main temple where people from all castes and religion walk around or sit down with a desire to see the moving and non-moving Sri Jagannath is still famous as Sri Chaitanya Manda or Sri Chaitanya Mandab. Even today, one can see a wooden deity form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Dev known as Gupta Koranga or concealed Goranga within a small room located on the right side towards the north after entering within Kurmadev, surpassing the Bhaisa Pahacha. It is said that King Prataparuda had installed this deity. Um, later on, due to the slackened service by the Pujaris, this service became almost lost, but the deity was still present there. Recently, by the care of Sri Radha Kantamat, the deity has been repainted, the temple renovated, and the service has been restored. Apart from this, on the temple wall outside the main temple of Sri Jagannath, there is a Sadbuch Murti facing south. And in the northern wall of Nichamandar, or temple room, there is a Sadbuch Murti facing east, and another life side. And chanting Sadbuch Sri Goranga Murti facing west is present within a room near the southern gates towards the east. This lastly mentioned Goranga Murti is located where the cooks are employed. Had the Brahmana cooks not been devotees of Sri Goranga, they would not have agreed to install the Sabuj Murti, or they would have tried to stop it. The smarter Brahmanas of Orissa, Odisha are extremely orthodox, even to the extent that they do not use certain types of spinach or vegetables, fruits and flowers that come from another country. Even today, at the time of writing, there's no electric right, light within the deity room. There was a big commotion when electricity first entered within Kurma Veda. Kurma Veda. 
Even today, uh, many traditionalists continue to criticize this. We've heard from some aristocratic learned persons from the lineage of Prataparudas, familial guru, and from some ancient Brahmanas that the in charge of the highly prosperous local mouth of Sri Ramanuja Sampradaya tried their level best to establish the deity of Acharya Sri Ramanuja on the elevated platform adjacent to the kunda where the water that was the lotus feet of Sri Jagannath is accumulated. This kunda is located in front of Sri Lakshmi temple in the north of the main temple. An exchange of lakhs of rupees was offered, but neither the strong influence of the prosperous mass nor the attraction of the vast traver, treasury could influence the king or local servants of Sri Jagannath. Hmm. We have heard from some learned persons belonging to the royal priestly order that a king once said to the Mahantas of a particular Sampadaya, if you try to establish a new statue of an Acharya within the Kurma Veda, then the mark of Tilak from your forehead will be lost forever. Mm. Anyway, so uh, here we see uh, how, uh, how he's discussing the impact of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the, uh, on the Jagannath temple. Uh, and for many of us who's, who've never been inside, it is, uh, it's very interesting to hear this, I think. Um, it's uh, it clearly it the the kings Sundarananda is saying the kings from since Maharaj Prataparuda's time were all initiated as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, although he said that just at that time when that according to the elderly personalities elderly brahmanas previously. On top of the uh, of the dome of the Jagannath temple, there would be Gaudiya Vaishnav Tilak. He said, "Now that Tilak has been changed for another Tilak." Right? So uh, the intric intricate connection um, with Lord Chaitanya uh, became so much established between the temple and the royal. The royal family, and uh, and throughout the temple, we see then the worship of Lord Goranga and and the Satbuj form, and of course the Satbuj form is is very very uh, uh, significant in Jagannath Puri because um, it is there where um, where the Lord. Uh, revealed that form to uh, Savabon Bhattacharya. Um, I think we could have a look at that. Um, I just just read a little more about the nature of. So he's described describing the temple of of Jagannath, and and we see um, he describes various deities being installed. It's very interesting. Uh, he describes. The procedure of for daily worship, the servants of Jagannath Dev, the dresses and outfits of of uh, of Jagannath Dev, different festivals, occasions, Rati Yatra. He describes the Navakalevara. He describes uh, the Navakalevara. Um, yeah, I wanted to describe that. Um, just one. He describes. Uh, 
Purura Nara, I have no idea what that is, the holy places in and around Shipur Sotam Dam, uh, the holy places of Sikshetra uh, Mandal, marked by the footprints of Sri Chaitanya. And then he describes Jalasar, Ramuna, Yajapur, Katek, Sakshi Gopal, Bhuvaneswar. Uh, and then in the final part, he describes uh, different personalities. Uh, he describes uh, Ramananda Rai, Kachapati Prataparuda Dei, Vaishnavas of Utkal, devotees of Sigora, the ornaments of Sikshetra, the later devotees of uh, Mahaprabhu, Gadada Pandit, Srubdhamada Pamnanapuri, Sarvabhum Bhattacharya, Sarvabhum's wife, and whole list of the uh, of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So I just quickly read something about Sarvabhum Bhattacharya. Um, Sarvabhama Bhattacharya was the son of the famous Maheshwar Visarada from the village of Vichanagar, which was situated about two and a half miles away from the present-day Navadvip or Champahati. Maheshwar Visarada had two sons. The eldest was Sarvabhama and the youngest, younger was Vichyavachaspati. He also had a daughter whose husband, Gopinath Acharya was a staunch devotee of Sriman Mahaprabhu. Sarvabhoma was expert in the six branches of knowledge. Uh, especially he mastered the Vedanta Shastra, but Sankracharya's commentary, and he also would teach Vedanta. In his last days, he took a vow of living in a holy place and went to live in Jagannath Puri with his family. It was said that he became a member of King Prataparudha's assembly. Sarvabhoma's son, Chandaneswar, and daughter, Srimati Sashi, whose nickname was Sati, and her husband, Amoka Pandit, all lived at Nilachala. After accepting the renounced order of life, Sri Mahaprabhu went to Nilachala from Shantipur. On the way, arriving at Ataranala, he became so absorbed in love of God that he walked alone to his Jagannath temple. In that condition, he entered the temple and took darshan of the lotus-eyed Sri Jagannath and became so intoxicated by ecstatic love that he ran towards Jagannath to embrace him. And uh, anyway, we are aware he fell unconscious. The guards tried to beat him. Then uh, Sarvabhoma understood as Chaitanya Charitam Rita uh, describes that he was actually undergoing uh, ecstatic symptoms. And uh, and he, ha he arranged that this personality was taken to his house. Eventually, uh, the devotees headed by Nichananda came to the house, chanted the holy name, and Mahaprabhu uh, regained and finally, in the afternoon, he regained his external consciousness. And, uh, well, there are many things happening in the pastimes, apart with uh, Savabhom Bhattacharya. Um, 
Uh, and it's it's like just uh, just a reminder to us also from Chaitanya Charitam. The Lord's Lord Chaitanya's maternal grandfather, Sini Lambar Chakravarti, and Sarvabhoma's father, Maheshwara Visarada, were classmates. Mm. So, you know, uh, that was interesting. Um, he wanted to instruct and explain Vedanta Sutra, and we remember that at the end, uh, at the end, Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya was just sitting there, hearing these impersonal explanations from Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, and the Acharya at one point says, look, I am explaining the Vedanta Sutra, and you're just, you're hearing everything very faithfully, but you're not giving any response. Are you understanding, actually, what I'm saying? Uh, you have no inquiry. Are you really understand? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, actually, I don't understand anything of what you're saying. Right? He said, the meaning of the Vedanta Sutra, I understand very well, but I don't understand a word of what you're saying. Well, then uh, Savapoma was taking a, a bit aback and uh, saying, well, you know, well, uh, if you, if you then understand the Vedanta Sutra, then you explain. And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave this amazing explanation of the Vedanta Sutra. Namely, it's explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, there are two types of explanation of a Sanskrit text, the Mukya Vritti and the Gona Vritti. And it says the, the Mukya Vritti is the direct explanation of a text, and that is first choice. Gona Vritti is the, uh, is the secondary explanation of the text, which comes uh, through interpretation. For example, the example I've given, the house of so-and-so was on the Ganga. Now, the house is not on the Ganga, it's not on the, on the river itself. The house on the Ganga means the house on the banks of the Ganga. So it requires that little bit of interpretation to mentally act on the banks. The house on the Ganga means the house on the banks of the Ganga. That's Gonavriti. That is indirect interpretation. But Mukhyavriti is the direct, direct interpretation of what is actually written there. So no one had ever been able to give an explanation of the Vedanta Sutra, Sutra in Mukhyavriti. And Sankaracharya's explanation is all based on Gonavriti, on indirect interpretation. And Savabhama Bhattacharya was, was explaining on the basis of Sankaracharya's Gonavriti explanation. So when uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave a Mukhyavriti explanation, which explained uh, really that the purpose was Vaishnavism and worship of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and a direct explanation of the Vedanta Sutra without any, any indirect interpretation, then Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya was shocked because he knew very well that that was a superior explanation. Then, but that, how could there be a superior explanation to Sankara? So he was just, just totally overwhelmed with that explanation.
Mm. And uh, there's a lot about this uh, this past time. Uh, it is an important past time because, and I think we'll discuss it separately later on. But of course, uh, then also, uh, also, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu displayed his Sadbuj form to Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And we can go in Puri to the house of uh, Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya. And we can, uh, we can actually see the, a, uh, a mural of, the, uh, of that whole Sadbuj uh, manifestation. Very, very, very nice. I really like that place, and um, it is it is very nice to to go to these places and to actually discuss the pastimes that took place there from the scripture. And so we were reading uh, how Sarvabhauma Bhattacharya was interacting with uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu from Chaitanya Charitamrita. And uh, and we got uh, a deep focus, and 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 seeing that mural of Satbuj, we almost felt that we 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 kind of witnessed how Savabhumbatacharya was having the darshan of the Satbuj form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, six-armed form, two arms, uh, holding bow and arrow for Lord Ramachandra, two arms holding the flute for Lord Krishna, and two arms holding the Kamandalu and and Danda from uh, from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and in this way, seeing that we are dealing with the one and same. Supreme Personality of Godhead. But because the Supreme Personality of Godhead is independent and he may come to this world again and again and he may come for his own purposes. So as the form of Lord Ramachandra, he comes to establish the principles of Dharma, the perfect example of how human beings should act following the rules of Dharma. Uh, when he comes as Krishna, he comes to disclose uh, in, in Vrindavan his own transcendental pastimes of the spiritual world. And when he is, uh, is outside of Vrindavan, then he takes up the world. The work of Paritranaya Sadhanam Vinasya Saduskritam Dharma Samsarpanatiya Sambhavami Yuge Yuge to annihilate the demons to establish the principles of religion uh, as each incarnation of the Lord is doing yuga after yuga. Um, so, and then in the form of Krishna, uh, Chaitanya, he comes as the, uh, as the combined combined Radha and Krishna. He's the same Lord, but now in the mood of Srimati Radharani. And because his mood is, is, is not just a mood, if I try to go in the mood of someone else, I don't become that someone else. But since Srimati Radharani is anyway, 
the energy of the Lord. Uh, it is, she is the Ladini Shakti of the Lord. When the Lord enters into the consciousness of Srimata Radharani, he is not just approaching it, uh, like if I want to get into the consciousness of, of some other personality of Donald Trump, then I would uh, uh, have to try and get into the mood. And uh, and uh, anyway, I don't want to get into mundane politics, but you see the point. I could approach it. I could never become that person. But Krishna, when he is actually in the mood of Radharani, he is Radharani because Radharani is part of him. So Krishna fully, fully absorbed the mood of Radharani and there was no difference. Therefore, it is explained by Srila Srup Damodar Goswami that now these, these personalities that were two have again become one. Have again become one. And this is an eternal thing. Uh, manifest as one, manifest as two, manifest as Goranga, manifest as Radha and Krishna. So, therefore, uh, the, the manifestation of uh, of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the uh, the most amazing manifestation of Krishna. All right, I think with that I have come to the uh, the end of uh, of today's section, and uh, we will carry on over the next uh, next few days. There is, uh, now that we have uh, come to uh, discuss something about Jagannath Puri, we'll soon pick up the thread of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's presence in Jagannath Puri and some of the things that transpired there while he was in Jagannath Puri. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope that so far you are enjoying our uh, our discourses uh, there's so much more that uh, in a way it's it's nice that uh, we do this now as a daily exercise and i became uh, uh, really inspired by that uh, whether there's lockdown or no lockdown i i hope to uh, to just continue this program uh, for for years to come, uh, because we can speak on this topic for years. I'm thinking it is really uh, there is so so much wealth actually, and uh, and I hope that with that we are uh, gradually developing more enthusiasm to focus on that unique personality of Goranga, who is Nama Mahavanayaya, Krishna Prembhadayate, Krishna Chaitanya, Namna Gauratvisanamaha. He is the most merciful incarnation, most magnanimous. He is distributing freely what was never given before, namely, pure love of God to the most fallen. Now he's doing that not only by his teachings and by, uh, through his devotees, uh, engaging everyone in a sadhana and then 
but he's also doing that by showing it by his own example and even to the point of his most deepest and intimate states of attachment in Jagannath Puri. And, and the essence of all of that is captured in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm. So what transcendental wealth is there in this movement? It's amazing. Amazing. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Daya Kara Vichar Vichara Karita Chitta Pabachamatka. If you are indeed in logic and argument, please apply it to the mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. By doing so, you'll find it strikingly wonderful. So this is the open invitation of Krishna Skaviraj Goswami. And I hope that all of us. Uh, will come to that stage of just thinking about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and appreciating that he, the way he is displaying his mercy is just strikingly wonderful. Hare Krishna.